and we're having conversations that I feel like we've never had before at a, at a federal level, at a state level, at a community level. And I think that's really positive. And we're, we're talking about reading and thinking and all of these things will hopefully make us better once this experience passes. You're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association, Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason. So on this episode, Mike Bros, CEO of Mental Health Association Oklahoma, talks with Christy Sturgill, our Director of Marketing, about a topic that we're all experiencing probably right now, social isolation. I know I am. I'm sitting in a makeshift studio in my bedroom. So let's get to it. The Mental Health Download starts now. When you sit at home by yourself day after day, what are some of the things that you think that we can do can do to keep ourselves from feeling the isolation that can come from just being at home and, and not having anywhere to go or nobody to interact with? I'm trying to really get up every day and go in, take my shower and get ready for work exactly like I would normally do. And so trying to, I think routine is a part of this. And rather than sit around all day in my pajamas, uh, I'm getting up, showering, shaving, getting ready and doing it about just about the same time every day. Then I can make a decision. Okay, now what do I want to do? Do I want to have some quiet time? Uh, do I want to uh, uh, do some reading? Do I want to get on my uh, stationary bike? And again, I think exercise is a part of this. We have a lot of listeners out there who uh, they get their exercise by going to the gym. That's probably not going to be an option right now, um, or it's it's being discouraged at least. And so how do we do that at home? That's a whole nother sort of, uh, you know, conversation, but there's a lot of ways to do that. Uh, so, Maintaining physical exercise and routine, I think, is a part of that. Then I make the jump over to my calendar, uh, make phone calls, uh, talk to people. I've already today, I bet I've sent, I don't know, I've had a couple of phone conversations with staff prior to this. I've uh, been texting staff, um, uh, contacted my uh, sent good wishes to a couple of my former executive assistants uh, just to check on them and see how they're doing. Uh, later during the day, I'm going to call different staff that I don't always, I haven't talked to in a bit, just check on them, how you're doing, how's your family, those sort of things. So that's not only benefiting hopefully them, but it also benefits me in terms of helping me maintain social distance but let it not morph into over time into more social isolation. And I, I think those are, those are really small little practical things that we can do using technology to, as an aid right now, that can be real helpful to minimize that um, negative aspect of social isolation. I like that you're talking about things like calling people and interacting with them in other ways. One of the things I did yesterday was um, I'm, I'm really good friends with Lindsay in HR, and sometimes we stop by uh, each other's offices, and when I go to hers, I always get uh, some of her lotion that she has, and I called her yesterday, and I said, well, since I'm not at work to interrupt you, um, I'm just going to call you because it'd be a shame if we went a whole week without uh, visiting each other's offices. And we chatted for a bit and it was uh, really fun and it was 
gave me some kind of uplifted me for the rest of the day that I got to chat with her and it felt normal. And I also call my staff every day just to talk about what we're doing, to help with productivity, to help each other just talk to another human. I think all these little things are what's going to help us cope. But I think that a lot of us, we're also feeling anxiety and uncertainty. We're talking about the world and it feels surreal or or off kilter. What's your advice to people to help them sort out this process, this experience in, in a healthy way as it's happening? Yeah, that's a great question right now, Christy. And I'm, I'm trying to you know, learn this as I monitor my own well-being right now. And uh, sometimes there's a, uh, people make assumptions, false assumptions about mental health professionals that somehow we have all the answers to this, that uh, that's other people's problems, but we don't have these. We're just like everybody else. We have to first and foremost take care of ourselves to be able, able then to have the resources to help others in their time of need. And so self-care uh, is really a big deal. One of the things I'm doing right now is I'm trying to really watch and limit and find that balance of paying close attention about what's going on internationally, nationally, uh, statewide, local. And to do that, um, you know, uh, different social media platforms, television, those are things that, that we're doing right now. But I have discovered that I think we can overexpose ourselves. And it's always been a practice that we've encouraged after big traumatic events. We saw this after the Oklahoma City bombing. We saw it after 9-11, where we, uh, the Mental Health Association, were giving people messages uh, via television and radio and print to limit their exposure to uh, the aftermath of the disaster to some degree to give ourselves break. And I saw a very dramatic example of that in my own home last night. My wife and I had a very tense moment. Uh, I was paying close attention all day. And then she came in into our family room where the television's at, and she wanted to watch some COVID-19 related program that was on, on one of the network channels. And I was just like, Hey, I don't want to watch that. I want to, I want to watch some, English murder mysteries that I love, that we love. And I wanted to totally escape from it for a while. And I said, Hey, I'll go in the other room. You go in there and watch it. I'm, I'm done today. I've had all the COVID-19 I can handle. And I think that, I think uh, probably a lot of people need to be very careful about where they can find that balance, where you're paying attention closely to what's going on, but then also then being able to shut it off or shut it down. Uh, I think uh, reading, uh, again, exercise at home, finding ways to do that. As far as reading goes, there are actually ebooks through the Tulsa Library if you're in the Tulsa area or the Oklahoma City Library or a library in your community. The New York Public Library actually opened up their app for free ebook downloads, which I think is really cool. And I I think that if if that's how you'd like to spend your time, a lot of organizations are are really opening up resources for people to use that outlet as a, as a way to engage with the world at, in their home and maybe in a different way or just to deal with the loneliness that can come from being home for many days in a row. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and, and those become uh, really healthy ways where we can kind of get away 
and have interaction with other characters, if you will, that are in fiction or, and again, for me right now, for my own self-care, it's really about reading fiction or historical novels or, or history that might be true history. I don't want to, right now, I'm not wanting to read, um, uh, that much about, uh, you know, that things are really related to my work. I've got enough going on my work, but everybody's a little, everybody's a little different. Everybody's got to kind of find that sweet spot for them where it's about self-care. And, and those are great ideas just, and again, it's just, we don't want to right now, I don't think it's a good idea to uh, isolate ourselves where we don't know what's going on. You know, proverbial, put our head in the sand. Not that. That's not what we're talking about to our listeners, but we're saying to give ourselves an emotional break right now because it is anxiety producing. It is emotionally draining. It is worrisome. And we need to give ourselves a place to find where we can find our own solace. And I think to our listeners uh, with that, the other side of that same coin is to really have our listeners be careful about these are times where the dangers of substance abuse become real issues and alcohol, uh, other substances prescribed and non-prescribed and to overuse those in some way, for, uh, shape or form as a means of escape that really is not healthy. And uh, we want to just caution our listeners to the podcast today uh, that that can give you maybe temporary escape, but we know that those feelings come flooding back in and sometimes even are more intensified in the aftermath of, say, recovery from uh, the next day, from a, a day or an evening of, of excessive alcohol use, for example. So we want to caution about that. I, I think one of the things interesting right now that uh, my wife and I are utilizing is um, walking our dog, which we do just about every day uh, in our neighborhood, uh, but also just taking walks where, and even though we see neighbors are out doing the same thing, we can actually have contact with our neighbors and still outside and still practice social distancing and have a, a conversation with them in the street, uh, uh, appropriate distance outside, which is pretty safe. We're not walking up and shaking hands, not having any kind of physical contact, but being able to interact with different neighbors and the weather has been nicer. Uh, and so people are out more in their yards or what have you. And I think right now that's a very, very important, very practical way to practice uh, uh, social distancing while at the same time having social contact and minimizing social isolation. So uh, I think that's a very, very, uh, with the weather uh, getting nicer, it's a, it's a great way to address that. I live in a pretty small neighborhood and there's this quarter mile or so loop that goes um, around the neighborhood. And last night, I actually ran seven miles just going around that loop over and over again. And I actually had some neighbors out in their front yard working. And they kind of looked up a few times thinking, and I just imagined them like thinking like, is she ever going to stop? And it, it I didn't because that's just how I choose to cope with stress and anxiety. But one of the other things I've found useful is um, there's this book called Deep Work. And it's this concept of uh, having time and space to think deeply about ideas, projects, or, or whatever. And I, I feel like we can use this time to think about things we don't always have time to think about. Maybe this is more for people who do creative work, but sometimes if, um, if you're trying to think about things deeply in the office, there's, there's lots of interruptions, there's lots of distractions. 
And, you know, can you create this rack card or this flyer? And so the opportunities for deep work are pretty limited. And I feel like right now I have a lot more opportunities to think about the big projects, the hard things, the logistics. And I've, I've personally appreciated that experience. Oh, absolutely. That, that's a great, great thought. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I think our world that we live in that uh, high, high, fast paced with social media in, in uh, bombardment all the time is that our attention spans have gotten shorter and shorter as a culture. And I think it's a, it's an opportunity here to do exactly what you're talking about. And what's interesting because uh, it takes a bit of, it's like a, it's like a, muscle, it's got to be re-exercised. And to be able to do that, uh, prayer and meditation, again, I think reading uh, in a way, getting involved in a novel or, or some type of book that really uh, lets us sort of do that and let the book sort of take us through that process. Or, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, I, I grew up in a, in a world, uh, you know, uh, that uh, daydreaming was uh, frowned upon in school. Well, you know, daydreaming is really an important part of life. And it's important that we be able to, which is a dream, by the way, but it's one that we do during the day. We don't think about it as, as very closely related to our nighttime dreams while we're sleeping. But those two things are really very cl- more closely related than what we think they are and what we normally think of. But to be able to allow ourselves to daydream, uh, I know that uh, right now while we're doing this podcast, where I'm set up here in my uh, my space, I can see out these big windows in my backyard, and a lot of time I've been finding myself staring out the windows and just sort of thinking. That that's healthy stuff, uh, and I think sometimes we we sort of get into oh that's non-productive time. No, that that is I think you're 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 I think that's kind of what you're getting at. That actually can be very pr- productive time and. With that, again, a lot of times we experience that now in our culture is when we're driving. And like when we drive, you and I, we, we, we take many trips because we have operations in Oklahoma City. We're on that turnpike quite a bit. And uh, that's a time where I can really uh, put some uh, classical music on, let my mind go, really give that to, uh, to what you're talking about the time to think on those at that deep level about sometimes very complex problems or issues that we're in some way facing. And again, I think that's a really mentally healthy sort of exercise to be able to give ourselves a chance to do. So I traveled full time for two years and we had drives that were anywhere between like seven and 12 hours every month. And I always called it dream driving because I would just kind of zone out and just think about what I want my future to look like or a project I was working on for clients or something like that. And I think daydreaming is the opportunity you give your brain to connect different ideas to come up with something novel. So, you know, ideas are usually just the combination of two or more things. And if you give yourself that time to wander then those two or more things can sometimes come together and then all of a sudden you have that light bulb moment where you're like, this is the solution or that's the idea I've been looking for. Oh, absolutely. You're, you're exactly right. That, that is very healthy. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to get too technical here, but there's a, uh, a theory that's been out there for a long time called object relations theory. And again, 
uh, objects or you and I are objects and we're interacting with each other now. And then I might later think about that to harken back to our conversation. That's a part of object relations theory, but also that we carry around these different things that we're dealing with in our head and we're interact. We're almost having a, a conversation with people or situations or ideas in our heads. And again, that's a really, uh, um, uh, you know, a way the mind works and it can be very healthy to give ourselves a chance to do it. And again, uh, again, in our culture right now is sometimes that's perceived as unproductive time. If I drive to Oklahoma City, if I'm not on the telephone talking to somebody or I'm not, my assistant's not next to me and we're going through emails, oh, that's now we're being productive. But if we're sitting there quietly listening to music, that's unproductive. And that's kind of the, the cultural label on it. And I think right now we need to really give ourselves, like you say, a chance in terms of our social distancing. There are some silver linings in this horrible situation that can allow us to do that towards a healthier. Uh, and by the way, it can be a gateway to a higher level of productivity when we are ha having to focus on something else uh, with others on the telephone, conference calls, those kind of things. Sometimes these thinking tasks can feel unproductive. Like if you're not in a meeting, if you're not talking to somebody, then you're not doing anything important. Like anything worthwhile can be checked off of a, a task list. And that's frustrating for me because sometimes I feel like I want to block out a part of my calendar and it just says thinking and people would be like well what's the outcome what's the ROI of thinking yeah that, that, that's good oh yeah you better think about that first let's make a list you know about uh, uh you know on the ROI on that you know so uh yeah I I, and I actually think there is a great uh, return on investment uh uh from that process and I don't know how many times I've been struggling with a problem or issue and I've woken up in the middle of the night and suddenly this idea comes to me on this problem that I was racking my brain about all day the previous day with no, no, no solution. And then suddenly in the middle of the night, I wake up and the solution's right there. I, that's happened to me so many times. It just shows you that sometimes in a passive more allowing your mind and your unconscious mind, we don't, we don't talk about the unconscious mind much anymore, but it's very active and to allow that unconscious mind through dreams and daydreams and um, sort of mind wandering, so to speak. A lot of times our mind can has ways of putting uh, connecting dots in different ways in a systemic way that can produce real creative solutions. I've heard that called before it is you know an incubation period for ideas. You have a problem and you're trying to think of a solution and then and then there's this time period in which that idea can then form and sometimes that's a few weeks, maybe it's months, maybe it's even years, but then one day it just hits you and it's when all of those elements come together and you're like, oh, I get it now, you know, A plus B equals C. And I think as a society, if if we're looking at the positives of what could come of this, it's just that we're rethinking a lot of things right now about what it means to work, what it means to be productive. We're also thinking about what it means to care about other people. And we're having conversations that I feel like we've never had before at a, at a federal level, at a state level, at a community level. And I think that's really positive. And we're, we're talking about reading and thinking and all of these things will hopefully make us better. 
once this experience passes. And um, absolutely. And then that added element of outreach, reaching out to friends, family, um, co-workers, people we worship with, and in very intentionally doing that. Uh, my brother and I, uh, I have an older half-brother. Um, I've probably had more communication with him this week than we normally have, you know, months at a time that we sometimes are busy and don't communicate like we need to or should uh, or would be better And this week because they're around this. So I think you're, you're exactly right. There's always a silver lining um, and we're writing new playbooks as we go. I know one of the things we're hoping to do another podcast soon about is the recreation of our business models uh, and, uh, and how to do that in a healthy way into this new, this new way we're looking at this. But I think that we really want to just leave our listeners with this idea that uh, be intentional, be thoughtful, uh, look for ways to connect with people, not only that you work with, but maybe people that you're thinking about, how are they doing? It might be a, um, you know, previous coworker. You don't see that often. It could be a family member that you don't communicate with that often in a way that, uh, uh, that will reduce our sense of, uh, of, of letting social distancing, uh, slowly transition into, uh, social isolation. And this is a really important concept, uh, right now for all of us to sort of, um, think deep, think about, uh, in terms of, uh, of sort of, uh, recreating some, uh, new opportunities in our lives that might not otherwise be available to us. So just to sum it up, you know, we want people talking to people, people reading and thinking and meditating and praying, just lean into all of those, those healthy coping strategies. And when you do that, you know, our, our chance of getting through this and being stronger on the other side is just much higher. I think you're exactly right, Christy. And, um, um, We hope our listeners uh, find this podcast useful and we encourage them to pass it on.